Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 290. Uh, on this episode, we've got some uh, cancellation and renewal news. And then we'll be taking a look at uh, the CBS Fall TV schedule. And then also talking a bit about the second season finale of The Last Ship and the series finale of Under the Dome. Plus, we've got some TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 290. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Carla Day from Buddy TV. And Kyle Nolan from noreruns.net. Thank you both for joining me this week to talk a little TV. First up, quickly, uh, once again, if you would like to write in, we'd like to hear from you. Uh, next week is our seventh anniversary episode. We'll also be talking about uh, NBC uh, shows, but the, we'd like to do a segment if you've got any questions, uh, any feedback for us. Amory and Ray will be back with, with me. And uh, so you can always uh, send those to feedback at tvtimes3.com or at the website. You can click on the leave voice feedback uh, and leave us an audio message uh, that will play on the show. Uh, either way, we'll read or play those uh, on the show. And so far, I'd like to thank uh, Carl, Chris, and Sam for all sending in their feedback. We'll talk more about those next week. And with that, we'll jump into the news, which until just a little bit ago, there wasn't much on the list. The only thing on the list was that Netflix had renewed Narcos for a second season, but that was something that happened a couple weeks ago, but then we never, I was looking back at past outlines and stuff and we never mentioned it so uh, if you're enjoying narcos on netflix you're going to get a, a second season but the the news that just came down today as we're recording this is that nbc has decided to cancel uh, mr robinson but on the other side of things in sort of good news which i'm happy about is they've decided to renew the carmichael show for a second season what about you kyle are you uh about those did you watch you watched both of them didn't you or i i watched the first two episodes of both of them and i will never watch mr robinson i i I won't bother to finish that one i've heard all kinds of good things about carmichael show it didn't really connect with me when i watched it but maybe i'll have to go back and watch those last four episodes and and see why everyone seems to love this show but well, I think the thing about the Carmichael show is that there's something to the Carmichael show in that each episode sort of revolves around some sort of topic and you get everybody's sort of opinion on that thing, whether it's, you know, religion or the last episode was about Gerard's girlfriend finds out that he owns a gun and she had no idea. And so it's a an episode around guns. Spoiler uh, alert. And so, well... That's the that's the thing about each show. Each show has sort of a topic and they hit on those things. And so I think that's the thing that's interesting about it is that it's both funny, but it hits on topical issues, which is an interesting thing for a comedy like this. It sort of harkens back to things like, you know, All in the Family or the Jeffersons or things like that that had that really had that like had something to say, had a point of view while the acting's not always the best and it's a little rough. I think it's something that they're I think there's there's something there that they can continue to build off of it and 
some of the acting, because the cast is pretty good for the most part, uh, they'll sort of level things out. And I, I think it it's a good, I'm glad that they picked it up uh, to do to do more of that, because I think it's definitely something that can grow more and more. Whereas something like Mr. Robinson, it wasn't funny and it had no point of view on, on anything. And so there was nothing, there was no there there. And so won't be, I won't be disappointed that that one uh, has gone away, but that's, that's the news. And with that, we'll jump right into our CBS fall TV preview for 2015. Uh, as we've done the past couple of weeks with the ABC and Fox preview, uh, we'll go through the schedule uh, each day and then talk about the shows that are premiering or coming back those days and which ones, what we think about the new ones that we've seen and which shows we're looking forward to coming back uh, for the returning shows. Uh, and then we'll sort of give our overall opinion of the CBS schedule. Uh, first up is Sundays. Uh, Sundays will be 60 Minutes, uh, which returns on September 27th. And then It'll be the lineup of Madam Secretary, followed by The Good Wife, and everybody's favorite, CSI Cyber, uh, all on October 4th. So Sunday nights, Carla, any of those that you're looking forward to their return? Uh, I will watch Madam Secretary, probably. I watched season one. I liked it. It was one I put on my DVR, or if there's nothing on here in Central Time Zone at 7, I would watch it. Uh, except for those stupid football um, delays, which we won't get Kyle started on. Oh, I still think they should rename it. This podcast would be like five (laughs) hours long. But I do like Madam Secretary. I think that it's a nice uh, current event show. There's some drama. The acting's good. It's fun. I will probably still watch The Good Wife every year. I can over the last couple of seasons. I think I'm going to give it up. But I'm actually kind of looking forward to some of the new casting for this season. So we'll kind of we'll see how it goes. And I do not watch CSI Cyber, have no desire and won't even think to watch that. Yeah, saw the first two and that was too, too many. How about you, Kyle? Uh, So I'll just say that they really need to rename 60 Minutes to Some Minutes and just (laughs) join it in progress and keep the rest of the lineup on schedule. But that said, I'm really looking forward to The Good Wife. I really enjoy that show, so I'm glad that's coming back. Uh, Madam Secretary, I kind of lost interest by the end of the first season, but I'll probably continue to watch. And I'm looking forward to the two-hour finale of CSI that's going to air before this season starts. I'm interested to see how they're going to end this thing, but it seems like they want to bring back a million cast members for one two-hour movie. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm interested to see what what even happens in this the, thing. That they have to, like, they, they, they just, like, on a phone tree, they're just calling in for an opinion. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, oh, let's call up New York. Let's call. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about... I heard, you used to you had you worked a case like this once, but yeah, that'll that that should be that should be interesting. Yeah, I'll be watching Madam Secretary and The Good Wife. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, what more can you say? I really liked Madam Secretary in the first season more than I thought I was going to. I mean, I thought it was pretty good at the beginning, uh, but it does it does a really good job at what it does. 
it's and it's very it's very much like the good wife uh in that and i i've i watched the first two episodes of the new season and they're just as good as anything uh from last season so i'll be watching that uh and then i'll continue to watch the good wife that show has lots of ups and downs hopefully this season can be uh another upswing where last season was sort of a downswing after the previous season being, uh, you know, really good. So that whole election thing last season for Alicia just didn't really work very well. See, I've heard lots of people complaining. I thought the last season was really good. I, 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 but the general opinion definitely seems to be that it was, it was boring and awful, but I thought it was a really good season. I thought there was some good stuff within the season, but the overall storyline and then where they went with it wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't all that great. Like, you know, turning, basically turning her into the person that had the scandal where, but in her case, there was really nothing there. You know, like she really just got totally screwed. It just seemed like sort of fruitless for the whole thing. It felt like they backed themselves into a corner with the election and they're like, well, we can't really have her win. Yeah. I mean, that's then the what do we do? Yeah. It always was like that where it seemed like the show's not going to work right if she is like running <laughs> that department. And Alicia and Finn should have hooked up. If I mean, that was to me the biggest problem was all the build up to that. And then now he's not even going to be around anymore. I mean, to me, that was really a lost kind of. I mean, I mean, if you're going to go that way, then, you know, really, she and Kalinda should have hooked up because the CGI would have been awesome. (laughs) See, I I still don't see what people complained about. I just I never had people not said stuff. I wouldn't even known that there was this issue going on because to me, it looked all perfectly normal. The scenes looked fine with them together or not together, whatever the case may be. But I never even noticed that. Well, it was definitely a case where the outside thing, knowing about potential problems on the outside, allowed you to – you saw those types of things. If you weren't really paying attention to that type of stuff or hadn't really heard much about that type of stuff, then you probably didn't – you didn't notice it. But I I didn't totally notice it. Like when you go back, you can can definitely see the things. But – when I was watching it originally, I felt there was something there was something off about the scene. I kept watching it, trying to figure out like, are they really actually there? Okay, they did a far scene. Okay, it looks like they're both there, but they're, uh, you know, it was just uh, I don't know. It was it just felt really strange. And then when you know people started talking about it, you went back and looked, and you could definitely see that they didn't even. They didn't take even very good care to like make sure the lighting was the same or that they lined up the background to the same. And uh, it was not their finest moment. I think overall, the fact that those two actresses like could not work together, that impeded the, the show and the storyline because some of the best scenes were between – were, you know, way back when, when Kalinda and Alicia – we're working together and stuff. And I think that that has been yeah. missing from the show. So maybe with Kalinda now gone, maybe they'll find that little spark of a relationship for Alicia again this season. Yeah. It was always weird that, 
they never seemed to appear <laughs> together. And occasionally they would finally, like when the firm sort of came back together, she would get Kalinda's help. But it was always by phone. They never, you know, they were never speaking in person. And so that, yeah, that type of stuff started to be very noticeable that while they seemed to be on better terms, they still never, you know, they never did any scenes together <laughs> anymore. And so, yeah, like it, it took away a whole element that was one of the better things in the beginning. Well, and the other investigator just disappeared, never to be heard from again. <laughs> I liked her too. I don't know I did why. Too. I did yeah, and now with the firm, apparently they've they're getting you know they're getting a whole new investigator, and you're just like, but what about like should somebody look into like where <laughs> <laughs> where this person went? That's funny. So we'll see. I I'll watch. I think maybe with some of the new casting and kind of maybe some freedom to do some new things that this season will kind of turn around a bit. All right. That's Sunday. We'll move on to Monday where CBS will start out the, the fall on the 21st of September with the Big Bang Theory, followed by new show Life in Pieces, uh, followed by the return of Scorpion and then NCIS Los Angeles closing out the night. And then in October, once uh, CBS stops playing uh, NFL games on Thursday night, Big Bang Theory and Life in Pieces will move over to Thursday night, and Supergirl will premiere on the 26th of October. Supergirl! Sorry. <laughs> so, Carla, what are you looking forward to on Mondays? I'm looking forward to Life in Pieces. No, um... Actually, it was better than I expected, but I'm really excited for Supergirl. I think it's a fresh new look at a superhero show. It kind of has the lightness and fun of The Flash. Uh, the first hour can is kind of a little hokey at points, but it sets the good stage for like what I think the series is going to be. And she's just so adorable. And I just the enthusiasm that... She portrays a Supergirl is just something that I think any young girl or um, old woman like myself can, <laughs> can, you know, aspire to be and to uh, have. So I, I'm really excited for it. I like Scorpion and NCSLA as well. Watch the Big Bang Theory and I maybe give Life in Pieces a chance. It was the pilot was entertaining and something different. I'm a little surprised it's on at 8.30 Eastern Time, 7.30 Central for some of the words that they were using and conversations they were having, but... It's CBS. Um, they have no boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> and it's CBS. Like, I think, like... They figured the audience is adult enough to, yeah. well, at no but, matter what time on CBS. At the same time, like you think of those people and I'm like, my mom and dad, I don't know that they would even understand what they're talking about. I, I find the thing I found about Life in Pieces, I find the, the way they're doing the show interesting where it's like four stories, each completely separate before each commercial break. And then like the fourth one is the whole group together. Right. I really liked that. Though so it'll be interesting to see like after the pilot how those four stories kind of play out week to week because they were very big life events that we see in the pilot, whether they be real life events or a fake life event. 
but they're very, we're kind of big events. So week to week, are we going to be seeing like teaching the kid how to potty train or, you know, is it going to be always like a focus more on something big or could it be something more day to day? Yeah. And, and well, then they also lump like the older son in with the, the parents. So are they going to alternate like some weeks? It's just going to be about the, the son. Other weeks, it's going to be about the parents. Or are they going to try to like do the other one as part of the overall group story? So it's uh, I'm not sure how it's really going to work. The cast but- was really good on the show. Yeah, I like the cast, uh, and I mean, it's it feels like CBS's answer to Modern Family. It's pretty much well, it definitely is that, right. but it, it is. It, it has a great cast. It it feels the first episode feels very similar to the Modern Family pilot in the way that it plays out, and then, but then going forward, the sort of twist of seeing different stories specifically where you know. Uh, how they're they're sort of broken out into sort of these short stories uh, gives it a little bit different twist, and I I really do like the cast. A lot of people that have been good in other things, lots of people that have been good in lots of short-lived things. So hopefully that, <laughs> so hopefully that won't uh, do it. But this was I was definitely pleasantly surprised with this one because going into it, you're just like, well, that looks like Modern Family, and. See, I don't like Modern Family, and I liked this more. Well, that's the thing is I've sort of grown tired of Modern Family, where I haven't really watched it in over a season. This seemed more adult than Modern Family. Like, Modern Family seemed more, like, meant to be a family show. And this, to me, I actually think it would be a really good fit for people watching The Big Bang Theory, perhaps. Well, it'll be interesting to see how the multicam into single cam uh, works. Uh, that the single cam stuff hasn't worked out all that great for uh, CBS, uh, even though I th- I still think some of the stuff that they've done in the past they should have kept around because it it was still doing like twice as good as anything on any other channel. Well, it seems like all these these uh, single cam stuff that they pick up or that they try out at least. Is, not, is done by Fox or other companies. So the motivation there is not as much to keep these if they're marginal with the ratings because yeah. they don't get their, their cut on the back end with the DVDs and all that stuff. Yeah. With, so, yeah well, this is a, this is series, a 20th century Fox show. Yeah. So they're not getting the back end on this one either. Yes, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like most, like the single camera comedies that they keep trying out. Like last time, it was uh, the one with uh, Robin Williams. Was that on this channel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was another Fox one that they didn't that they didn't pick up. So I, I, I personally prefer the single camera shows, but the CBS audience seems to love their laugh tracks. So. They're not laugh tracks. They're a live <laughs> studio audience. Whatever. It's same thing to me. I don't different, differentiate. It's still telling you when you're supposed to laugh because the people in the audience just have a sign that tells when. The- yeah. Well, see, the thing is not – it's not that it's telling you when to laugh. It's supposed to be – you're supposed to be joining in or it's supposed to be joining with you so it makes it feel like uh, a more communal experience. The problem is is a lot of times when a show is really bad – the laugh track just points out to you how unfunny the show is because you you realize all the places where they were 
trying to be funny, but you didn't think it was funny. Right. Because uh, if you're actually laughing in those places, you don't even really notice the laugh track. Yeah, but Life Life in Pieces was, I think it because it's a new group of people, uh, even though, you know, like the one family with the kids still felt very similar to, you know, the family with kids on Modern Family. You know, some some of the, there were definitely some pieces that felt very similar as well, but uh, definitely one I'm going to continue to uh, continue to watch because I liked it way more than I thought I was going to. It's actually, I think, one of the better, you know, of the handful of comedies that are coming. Uh, it's it's one of the better ones. And then, of course, I'm looking forward to Supergirl. I've I've watched the pilot now a couple times. It's a maybe a little cheesy in the beginning, but like you said, she is super adorable. Like you just. You have to smile when she's on screen. Like you have to be like a person with absolutely no heart or soul not to smile. It's definitely she she plays that sort of like the sort of dorky assistant persona very well. And so it definitely come off a nice play against the, you know, turning, you know, learning to be Supergirl. And then I thought that they set up an interesting uh, sort of way to do uh, you know the bad guy of the week uh, type of thing that there's that it, that's inside of a bigger you know like a bigger story or a bigger problem for the for earth you know, overall but i'll probably continue to watch scorpion just because it's don't it's, do it just because <laughs> it is one of the funniest shows on tv and the second season premiere it's like they went you know our series premiere was really ridiculous. I can't imagine what, anything more ridiculous. What could we do that's even more ridiculous than trying to hook a like a cable to a plane from a car? That is so possible. And they came up with it. So they came up with something even more ridiculous. The way stuff plays out. Oh, don't spoil, please. The time frames in which things play out on this show are so ridiculous where you know it's it's four hours and they're they're doing stuff that you're just like, no, you can't even get there that fast, let alone <laughs> complete the task of creating this thing. And uh, on on the other side, I do like the addition of Alana De La Garza to the to the cast. You know, the Flash can't really run that fast, right? Yes, but that is set in a fantasy world. This is set in <laughs> this is set in a real life universe, so. Those two things are different. <laughs> this is supposed to be based it's on, all fiction. This is based on, it's based on real life events of a real person. So it's not a documentary. Are, it's not a documentary, but it's supposed to feel feel more real because the world in which it's set is very similar, very much the same as the one that we live in. You're just no fun. No, I'm a lot of fun, <laughs> and this show is a lot of fun, but not on purpose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right. Now I'm super excited to watch the premiere. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> Maybe I should check out my second episode of this show. <laughs> yeah, well, you should do, Kyle. Maybe you should do what I did for a while with like Rookie Blue is just watch the series, the season premiere each year. Oh, and, I did uh, watch the season finale because we talked about it. Yeah. Oh no, no, because I was doing the the press room, so I had to watch yeah. it. See what happens. Uh, all right. With that, we'll move on to Tuesdays. Uh, which will be NCIS, followed by NCIS New Orleans, and then followed by new show Limitless, all starting up on September 22nd. 
And Kyle, we'll start with you this time. What? Uh... I will not be watching NCIS or NCIS <laughs> New Orleans, so just Limitless, which I wasn't really a fan of the original movie, but, I mean, the, the show I thought was okay. Uh, it's basically just intelligence all over again with a different cast. It seems pretty much the same. Uh, but I do like the cast. I like uh, Jennifer Carpenter from Dexter. I'm interested to see where it goes, but it's one that I may end up uh, dropping after a while. How about you, Carla? I gave up NCIS years ago, and I've never looked back. Um, NCIS, New Orleans, no thank you. And I will be watching Limitless. Uh, I do agree that it's somewhat similar in premise to a lot of other shows that have been on. Um, Maybe Intelligence could be probably the most similar in a way. But what I think is different about Limitless than Intelligence is that we're going to see him when he's on the drug and also when he's off the drug. And I think that that dichotomy could be really, really interesting to see how somebody deals with being, you know, super brilliant, smart, can do anything almost to then just being the normal Joe who like was a loser and couldn't even keep a job type person within the same day or week. Um, So I think that could be interesting, but kind of have to wait and see. I, you know, I'll give this one a try, watch it, see where it goes. I'm expecting to like it, but you know, it could go really wrong too. And there's Bradley Cooper. Yeah, Bradley Cooper is going to uh, show up. Lots so, of Bradley Cooper, hopefully. And so if you, if you, in this case, you have uh, a show that's going to be the a sequel uh, to a movie, and the star of that movie will actually appear in the TV show. And so, so that's good. I, I, I really like the Limitless. I mean, I like these types of shows. I don't mind the sort of proceduralness. Uh, that they have, but I like what CBS has seemed to be doing lately. Then they continue to do that with things like Limitless. Is that while there will be some sort of case of the week, there's also they set up a couple of bigger stories. There's something uh, with Jennifer Carpenter's character that sets up a bigger story, and then also with him and now his connection to Bradley Cooper's character, uh, and you know where did the NZ you know, and the FBI looking for the NZT, you know, where, where it's going and the studying of him and trying to figure out how to, how come he doesn't have any side effects uh, to this drug. Uh, there's, there's a lot of bigger ongoing storylines to move that they'll, that they'll delve into. And so it feels a lot like, you know, like elementary or, or person of interest in that, in that case where you're getting a story of the week that's some sort of case and sometimes they'll tie into the bigger story and sometimes they won't as much, but uh, the, the ongoing story doesn't feel like it's necessarily going to be something that's like tacked on. It feels like it's part of the on as it's going. And so I think they're, they've done a a really good job in that. And the cast is really good. Uh, At least of the two shows that we're getting that are sequels to movies. This one's actually good. I liked minority report. (laughs) I can't, I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. (laughs) <laughs> not that I'm just saying that randomly, not that you were insinuating that. That, 
That's the other show. That <laughs> oh, I guessed. Okay. <laughs> That's the other show that is a sequel to a movie. And, well, we've hashed and rehashed my <laughs> report on the past couple episodes of the podcast. So uh, if you want to hear my thoughts and others on Minority Report, uh, check out last week's or the ABC preview episode also has a segment about uh, Minority Report. And then the Fox preview episode also has us not liking it, even though we hadn't seen it yet <laughs> and then, uh, or possibly not liking it, you know. So that's Tuesday. I mean, I'll probably watch NCIS. I might watch NCIS and NCIS New Orleans, but those are becoming, they used to just be like, they were just kind of fun to watch or you know, have on while you're doing something else or whatever. But now there's just so many things that to keep up with other things that you want to keep up with that you're just like, do I really need to watch you know, you continue to watch NCIS, even though I've watched it all this time. So we'll see what happens there. But we'll move on to Wednesday. Wednesdays will be Survivor, uh, starting up on September 23rd. And then that'll be followed by Criminal Minds and then new show Code Black, both starting up on September 30th. And so, uh, Kyle, what about uh, Wednesdays? I'll be well. The way you feel about NCIS is how I feel about Criminal Minds. I've been watching it since the beginning, but there's just so many shows. I really need. It's one that I really should just drop, but I'll likely just watch it through till whenever CBS <laughs> decides to cancel it. And then Survivor. I'm generally not a fan of bringing back like past contestants. I'd rather let new people have a chance, but. I find it interesting how they did this one for this upcoming season where they let people vote on who should come back for the second chance, so people that hadn't won before. And so the producers didn't really get to choose who was going to be there. It was all based on fan voting. Uh, so I'm interested to see how that works out, especially since they didn't really get to to balance it out the way they like to balance it out and see how that plays. Uh, Code Black, I thought, was a really, really good pilot. Like, it's very intense. Like, it had me feeling all claustrophobic as, like, basically this waiting room gets more or this opera, operating room uh, in the ER just gets packed. People are, like, back to back working on different patients. And it's just, like, a really tense uh, show. That said, I'm not sure I want to add another medical drama or if this is going to end up being like a uh, like Chicago Hope versus ER, like once uh, Chicago Med comes like which ones are they going to duke it out and see which one's the uh, big medical show winner for this and don't season. forget heartbreaker is that that's not that's still mid-season right that got delayed because she's pregnant oh, right. or something but uh yeah I, but I, I definitely think it's worth checking out it's a very solid pilot exciting and interesting how about you carla survivor i don't watch i haven't watched since the last time or the first time they brought people back. So around like season five or something. <laughs> that was no, the I last was season, season I watched. Or something. And I hadn't been watching it for a few seasons before that, but they brought back some of my favorite people. So I was like, okay, I'll watch again. And I have not watched since. Um, so I won't be watching Survivor. I just, I don't know why I just stopped watching so much stuff on TV. So Criminal Minds, I don't watch that either. Um, that I watched that for a while, but again, I gave that up when the guy with the blonde long hair who doesn't, I don't think it's long and blonde anymore, 
but he was using drugs. So this is like, what, 18 years ago? <laughs> um, so anyways, I stopped watching back then. It was a little too dark and creepy for me. Uh, Code Black, I kept putting off watching this pilot because I had started it once and watched like the first two minutes. And I was like, oh, no, not another hospital drama. I'm just I kept putting it off like I don't want to watch this. And then I watched it this weekend because, of course, we're talking about the show and I really loved it. I did not expect to. I was went into it thinking it would be boring and just another one of those, you know, not necessarily a Grey's Anatomy, but just too much like personal drama and, you know, similar medical cases to what you hear or you watch on different shows um, but I thought I liked the characters a lot. I thought that their dynamic with each other um, was interesting. There wasn't anyone that was annoying, which usually they'll have an annoying character. Um, so that made me a little more interested. And I also expected, oh, mental blocking out her name, the main character. Marsha Gay Harden. Yeah, Marcia Gay Harden's uh, character, I was expecting her to be really, really unapproachable and unlikable, and I found her to be the exact opposite. She's definitely intense, but I could relate to her for who she is and why she's the way she is and what she's trying to do and get out of her students and her patients. Um, It didn't seem over the top to me. So... I will probably start watching it, but, you know, there is so much TV on. So I don't know if it's something I'll keep watching, but I'll at least give it a try. I was in much the same spot as you, Carla. Like, uh, I'd logged in to watch, you know, some of the stuff because those pilots have been out there on the CBS site for on the CBS press site for a while. And, you know, like I logged, I watched Supergirl and. I watch Limitless, uh, and I even kind of put off watching, you know, Life in Pieces and Angel from Hell, but definitely, like, I, I left Code Black to the very last. Like, I, I watched it over this weekend, too, because it was, it was that thing, you just sort of, you saw it, and you you saw, like, the preview for it, and you were like, okay, so it's a medical drama set in a hospital budget concerns and the emergency medicine department is headed up by a wild card and you're like hmm where have i seen this before and right exactly every medical drama ever (laughs) you're just like why do i need another one of those and so going into it it works really well i mean it it hits you know the all the the different points uh with the different cases that they have of, you know, losing, you know, losing people or not losing people. Uh, the thing I, the thing I think I liked most about it is that while in the midst of all the action uh, and all these things and all the cases that they're working on, you learned about the various characters in a more natural basis. Yeah. It was felt very authentic. Yeah. It, it felt like a real conversation you know, between people where, where you got some of the information, especially the, the conversation at the end of the episode. Uh, but at the beginning, when you find out, 
a little bit about her about her background when you know one of the doctors is sort of trying uh, is calling her out on her latest you know procedure that she's basically tried something that's experimental and so it happened within these normal conversations that you would that felt like would happen in these situations there they didn't feel like they were set up just to give you an info dump on the on the background of this you know where they basically just tell you all the pertinent details that you need to know about about somebody uh and then uh, i really liked uh, the relationship between Marsha Gay Harden's character and Luis Guzman's character as the he- sort of the head nurse yeah. within the emergency department. And then the students that they had in, like you said, there wasn't anybody that was like totally annoying or they were all kind of interesting in their own right. Uh, especially, uh, you know, the one older, you know, slightly older <laughs> a female uh, doctor that's, you know, just now uh, on her rotations and stuff like that that uh, while everybody else is much uh, much younger that was they had they all had interesting stories uh, for like why they were there and stuff but like I said they didn't come out of it, it everything felt pretty normal this is how these people would feel and this is how these people would talk and this this is how you would learn about this person in these in these types of normal conversations uh, and while it hit a lot of the beats that you would expect, uh, from this type of show, uh, it did it really. It just did them really, really well. I don't know if I'll continue to watch it because it's still in that. I'm not really watching a lot of medical dramas uh, right now. I'm not like looking forward to uh, Chicago Med. I haven't watched Grey's Anatomy in like a couple seasons, but it was so much. Like it was so much better than I thought it was going to be. That it didn't just exceed my expectations. It like super exceeded my expectations and so exactly uh, you know if you're you know if you miss something like er because this had sort of the energy of those type of of those type it's of like cases the anti Grey's anatomy because Grey's anatomy is all about the drama and who's sleeping with who and it's a soap opera yeah and they still this... do they still do cases and, and they do some emergency cases and they try and do like the weird case of the week or something like that on Grey's anatomy but this yeah this was just like if you're the days of er where it was about the ambulances showing up and the you know sort of the madcap what goes on in trying to save somebody and sort of the speed at which things need to happen and just the and then like Kyle said that the where where they're in I think it was Kyle who said a very yeah. compact uh, area you know it's not a huge emergency room but it was and so it it had that sort of feel of of uh of ER in that respect. And so if you miss that type of medical drama and that type of pacing and stuff uh, with some interesting characters and some really good, you know, some really good actors bringing you those characters, then Code Black might actually be one to check out. But it's never, it's not a hospital I would ever want to go to. There's (laughs) that one scene where there's like two people about to like, could die if they make a wrong move and then they're walking someone else through trying to save somebody and like it was great for tv yeah but to imagine that that really happens in hospitals like yeah like not not having like you want your doctor to be 180 bazillion percent focused on you not where those doctors are like they're doing five things at one time (laughs) 
but it was it was great to watch from like a drama standpoint. As long as you're not a relative of one of those. Exactly. (laughs) Although, like they said, you know, the the president reserves a (laughs) a room in that ER when he's in town. So, yeah. And I bet the president would be their number one and only focus should he be there. (laughs) Yes. Uh, but yeah, I think that I think that's probably the case in a lot of in a lot of hospitals and stuff like that is is uh, if you're in, you know, like uh, there's a there's a hospital here in Seattle that under you know normal circumstances you probably uh, don't want to go to, but if you're in some sort of trauma, you know, some sort of trauma case that you need emergency medicine, that's the that's the hospital emergency room you want to be taken to in the area. I, I think that's. Uh, that's probably true to form in, in in what's really going on in some in some hospitals and emergency rooms. All right, we'll move on to Thursday. Thursday, uh, starting this week that we're recording it, uh, the seventeenth of September will be Thursday night football. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, sorry. And that'll and that'll last for a few weeks Too until long. November fifth will be. Uh, the first week where Big Bang Theory and Life in Pieces will move to to open up the night, and then they'll be followed by Mom and new show Angel from Hell, uh, and then Elementary will be will close out the night. Uh, so, Carla, what, uh, what will you be watching on Thursdays come November? Uh, I will watch The Big Bang Theory. I will hopefully still be enjoying Life in Pieces and watching that. I don't watch Mom. What I have seen of Mom, I really like, but... I'm just not a comedy watcher in general and the ones that I watch and love like get canceled. So it's probably why mom hasn't been canceled because I never really started watching it. (laughs) Well, thank you, Carla, for not watching it and loving it in its first season. So I, I probably still won't watch mom, but who knows? Angel from hell. Um, not a big fan of it. I think people will really like it. Maybe Um, it was just a little like I said, I don't watch a lot of comedies. Uh, It was a little too over the top for me. Maybe I'll give it a few more episodes, but probably not. And I do not watch elementary. I'm glad you're not watching Angel from Hell because that means that it has a chance (laughs) because I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, if Carla was going to watch it and like it, and it has Ooh. Kyle Bornheimer in it, it's going to. I know he's got to get a second season sometime. Like he's got, you got to give him a chance. It was like it was, man. It was gonna. It was looking at the double double whammy there. It wasn't even going to get an episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, I do really like Maggie Lawson, so that's why I'm like, well, maybe I'll, you know, give it a try. I do like. like- I do like Jane Lynch. I just found her character to be like fingernails on a chalkboard. I found her so annoying, but in a fun way. Like, <laughs> like she just like so irritating, annoying. She's always around, but I just something about it. Like, I just really enjoyed that. Like, it's the same thing with her character in Glee. Like, she's annoying, but so annoying that you like her and you find her entertaining. And that's where you know a pilot is a pilot too, where they're not like totally melded with their characters yet so it could get better maybe but uh yeah so for for me like i'll be watching big bang theory just because i'm watching it um 
I've been watching it. Life in Pieces, I'll likely still be watching. Well, yeah, I never stopped watching a show. I'll still be watching Life in Pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Although, once well, Kyle starts, as long as they keep making it, he's on Bomb, I did quit after the first season. So that one I did successfully break away. I think I deleted the season pass, but I'm not sure. I And Elementary, actually, I fell off of that one because last season around like the fourth episode, I just got sick of them having Sherlock and Holmes uh, like separated. It just didn't feel like the same show. So I just lost interest and then I never <laughs> but I still have the last 20 episodes or so sitting on my TiVo so you, you couldn't wait around for the a few more episodes before they finally got them back together I I know I heard that afterwards and then I just said they had just piled up I just never had time to go back and, and get caught up and I'm not the type of person that can skip episodes so it's either cold turkey or <laughs> get caught up so yeah, for me, I think I'll. There's a good chance that I'll be watching everything on CBS on Thursday nights, which is. You're getting old, aren't you, Jason? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Definitely uh, getting into that. Uh, Though I shouldn't talk into their I'm demographic. Older. But yeah, I'll, I continue to watch Big Bang Theory. It's still reliably funny. And then you know, if Life on Pieces continues to be good. I'll, I'll probably still be watching that. And then I really like mom. And so I'm looking forward to that show coming back. And then I really liked angel from hell. Yeah. Jane Lynch is annoying, but like Kyle said, it's annoying in a funny way. Not, not, not too, you know, not, not, it wasn't, it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't nails on a chalkboard. That was the, that was what I was trying to, it's like, she just said it. Why can I not think of it? It wasn't nails on a chalkboard for me. Uh, and then I really like Maggie Lawson. And then I also think she's like really good of playing off of the wacky character because she had seven years of that on Psych. True, very uh, true. So I, I thought they, I thought it, it played pretty well. The you know the other side characters that they have in it are all reliable players uh, from, unfortunately, other <laughs> lots of other short-lived things. But you know we'll see we'll see where where that one goes. But I'll I'll probably continue to watch that one. Uh, you know, for at least a, a few more episodes to see if it it stays or builds a little more into what exactly the show is going to be. But I I quite like the pairing uh, of sort of the wackiness trying to you know bring her out of you know get her out of the rut that she's stuck in. Uh, I I thought they that played off really well. And again, it was another one that I was kind of sort of surprised at because you know even. When I was watching uh, Glee in the first couple of seasons, Jane Lynch wasn't – she became in that show even before I stopped watching Nails on a Chalkboard. And so <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't find – I found her character to be way too over the top of stuff on that. And so uh, that's that's sort of the reason why it had – while I really like Maggie Lawson, it had me, you know, again, leaving this one till basically the weekend before we were going to have to talk about it. Uh, before I watched it. I think this was the first one I watched. I was looking forward to this one. <laughs> I did watch, like you guys, I watched Code Black last, but this I think this was the first one I watched when I went through the CBS ones. I mean, uh, my normal thing is as soon as I get access to something, I usually watch like all the stuff, and then this year it was just like, eh, I don't need to watch this in June. you know. <laughs> and then there were so many shows this year that have been like recast or had 
a bunch of different stuff happened to them that uh, before making them available again for actual review, that it's it's almost best to just leave it <laughs> until right before a podcast that you're going to talk about them on. Okay, with that, move on to Friday. Uh, Friday will be The Amazing Race, followed by Hawaii Five-0 and Blue Bloods, all starting up on September 25th. And uh, will either of you be watching any of the Friday night shows on CBS? Nope. The only thing I watch is The Amazing Race, and right now I'm watching The Amazing Race Canada get my fill <laughs> until <laughs> The Amazing Race starts up. One thing that they introduced on The Amazing Race Canada this year was some new thing like a battle type of challenge. So I'm interested to see if they – they've done this before where they introduced some new type of task on the Canada one, which then showed up in the uh, U.S. one the next season. So I'm interested to see if they carry that over into the American one. I always wonder why C C uh, CBS doesn't air the Canada one over the summer unless they're afraid of just oversaturating and never having a break between – Amazing race seasons. Yeah, since they do two of their own. Uh... Well, it also depends the one in Canada who actually owns the rights to it because it could be a Canadian channel. Yeah, but I'm sure they could buy a, buy the rights to air it. They can probably happily sell it to uh, be able to air it in the U.S. as well. Yeah, true. But yeah, for me, see, I, I won't be watching The Amazing Race. And I stopped watching Hawaii Five-0, I think, over a season ago can't remember if it was the it definitely wasn't the end of last season so it might have been the end of the previous season uh, that i stopped watching although it's not a show that you necessarily have to watch everything like you could just jump right back in and watch for just a you know sort of a a silly adventure you know investigative show while i i really enjoyed blue bloods in the beginning it just it's just another one of those shows that just sort of fell away uh, after a while and i think i'm I think I'm probably a couple seasons of since I've watched uh, any any of Blue Blood. So CBS, while I might be watching everything on Thursday nights, I won't be watching anything on Friday nights. And then, uh, lastly, CBS on Saturdays they'll just uh, be doing their normal stuff, which is playing reruns of things. Uh, at the beginning of this, at the beginning of the fall, it'll likely be reruns of actual new fall programming. Uh, and then as the season goes on, it'll turn back into just being some episode of something of, you know, past episode of a Hawaii Five-0 or, or whatnot on the, or Criminal Minds or something on the night. And then it'll close out uh, the night with 48 hours starting up on September 26th. All right. So that's the CBS. That's the CBS fall schedule. Uh, Carla, what do you think of sort of CBS's overall, overall schedule? I'm interested to see how Supergirl does for the network. It's definitely uh, a younger skewing show or should be a younger skewing show uh, to see if they are able to pull an audience for that and what the audience looks like for it. And if that's going to be a shift in their overall kind of programming. But overall, I think, you know, they're the steady Eddie of, network television i mean they might have a miss here or there but even their misses would be huge <laughs> wins everywhere else so you know it's kind of hard to say i think getting rid of csi was probably smart i mean it was getting a little stale i'm a little surprised they kept 
the CSI cyber, but well, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that does. It's also the football Sunday. So, you know, it'll probably be a big DVR show. If anything, I, like we talked about cold black was a real surprise. And I think knowing CBS's demographics, if people watch the first episode, that will likely be a big hit for them. Uh, Limitless, I think, again, a little like Supergirl um, could be a little too edgy uh, for CBS. It just depends on how people view it. If they look at it, you know, I don't think it's too edgy of a show, but for CBS, it's kind of an edgy show, I think. You know, the whole idea that someone uses a drug to to get the these abilities or whatever you want to call it, that in and of itself some viewers might find problematic and promoting drug abuse and all that stuff. I don't see it that way, but I mean, it's a TV show. It's not real. Uh, but overall, I think, I think they have a good schedule. How about you, Kyle? Yeah. So for me, I think Supergirl was one of the surprises for me, why it went to like CBS uh, versus the CW where all their other comic stuff is. But I think it will pair well with Scorpion because they're both like, lighter, funnier, whether they mean it or not, uh, type of shows. What I'm really interested to see is I am hoping that their two new single-camera comedies take off, because I'd really like to see them get away from the stale type of, like, uh, recorded in front of a live audience with the laughter there type of shows. I I really prefer the single-camera, so I'm really hoping those actually take off and and people like them because somehow cbs is a number one watch network even though it's probably like my lowest watch network besides the cw so i'm really hoping that they can start to get some of these other like single camera type of shows well it's the most watched network because the its highest demographic of people watching it are st- people that still watch TV live. <laughs> True. Know, and so, and Kyle, congratulations for not saying laugh track. I know it pains you <laughs> to do that. I think that CBS has the strongest overall group of new shows. Like if you compare all of their new shows to all of the new shows on every other network that's coming, I think as a whole group, I think I sort of liked or will be watching like, or even if I'm not you know, like, even, even over I, Fox. Yeah, definitely over Fox. Cause <laughs> I didn't think minority report was that good. Screen Queens is terrible. Grandfathered were grandfather was really rocky for the first episode. It could be something uh, interesting. So yeah, definitely over Fox. And then, cause here you oh, have super don't forget Grinder. That was well, awesome. I'm just saying the shows that I I didn't particularly care for. No, you know, yeah, like, like Grinder, uh, you know, and then also like Rosewood is not. Yeah, I haven't watched that. Is, is so not is not so great that. either. So. I think you're right. I think for new stuff, like it's the Grinder <laughs> on Fox. Uh, on uh, ABC has a little more hit and miss. Uh, and I think uh, NBC is sort of in that in that same spot. Uh, but overall, I think even if I don't continue to like watch Code Black, I still didn't think it was terrible. Like I think it's one of the better new shows. But pretty much everything else, I'm gonna you know like Limitless and Life in Pieces, Supergirl, 
Angel Hill, I'm going to be watching or continue to watch those. So I can't say that about the offerings, the new offerings from the rest. And then you plug that in with what was already a pretty strong, for the most part, uh, lineup last year. And I think they're probably in store for another uh, pretty solid season. Yeah, I forgot about um, some of the stuff at Fox. I was just thinking the two (laughs) comedies at Fox I thought were stronger than the comedies at CBS. But then again, I'm not a comedy watcher. So like I said, the stuff I like ends up getting canceled. So <laughs> I'm really not a good judge of the comedies. So you're saying the grinder's not going to last long. Is that what you're <laughs> saying? I, I, tell us you hate the grinder. Just You don't have to mean it. Just say it. <laughs> no, I can't lie. I liked the grinder. I liked Grandfather, too. Uh, that one I didn't care about as much. The grinder I thought was great. Yeah, the grinder. I did not expect to like the grinder. I and I also thought the grinder was actually a one-hour more procedural type show. At first, I didn't realize it was really going the comedy route. You accidentally saw an episode of the show within the show. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but I thought that was real. I thought that was really funny. I liked it. So I, re- I, it, the other, the only other network I think really has a really strong from Monday through Friday offering is the CW. Now their ratings level is not anywhere near where CBS is, but I think uh, the CW has really strong offerings right now. Yeah, they definitely have a lot of shows that more people should be checking out, or you would think that more people would like, but uh, you still find people that are like the CW, the what, the where, yeah. where's that? What? Are you crazy? I'm not going to watch something. I'm like, just watch it. Yeah, like trying to convince people last year to watch Jane the Virgin. <laughs> just like, yeah, I know it has a stupid title. Yes, the basic premise is dumb. but you, Just watch you, it. You, You'll love it. You, it really, it's it's unexplainable. You have to, you have to watch. There's only one person that I know of that watched it and didn't like it. And I question that person's taste. But... <laughs> I mean, that person watches Big Brother nonstop, both Canadian and U.S. versions. So, well, there you, you know. go. Yeah, it, it's not me. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch a Canadian Big Brother. So that's that's our look at the CBS Fall TV uh, schedule. Let us know what shows that you're most looking forward to. Uh, you can, like I mentioned before, you can hit us up at feedback at tvtimes three dot com, uh, and we'll move on to the prime time segment couple of shows this week to talk about first up jump back a little over a week to the last ship uh, season two episode 13 a more perfect union uh, the season finale so carla what do you think of the second season finale of the last ship i liked it i thought i wasn't quite sure where they were gonna go you know because it's the whole like the last ship you know and it's they're the saviors of the world and you know, how is the boat going to still play a role when they had the whole land, you know, they're on land, the people are on the land, just going around on the ocean is not going to help people. And I thought the answer of using the Mississippi was, you know, a really good answer and hitting up the coastal um, spots. So I was I liked the storyline direction and how it went and the whole, I wasn't totally a fan of the immunes parts of the immune storyline, but I liked the way that it all kind of ended. I mean, a lot of that was kind of in the episode before the finale, but the fact that, 
even though the ship was the sub was wiped out, that threat still existed. That worked for me. And the end was really sad. I don't think she's dead, though. I don't know. Do you guys think she's dead? <laughs> I, I think it all depends if she's had her contract or not. Well, that's what my thought was. I was like, wait. I'm like, is she asking for more money or, like, what's going on here? Well, that, um, yeah, that almost seemed like they would have just left it at the end, like, maybe even, like, their conversation where she's talking with the captain and he's like, you know, look me up, you know, the, basically like, look me up the next time you're in town. And they could have just left it with, you know, sort of the celebratory nature of, of what was going on. And that would have been a perfectly fine, like series finale. Yes, I agree. I, yeah. I So I think they sort of built towards an ending that could have worked as an ending and then went back and added this on be figuring they needed like, some sort of cliffhangery type thing to, to go into the next season with or something like that. Where, to me, I'm just like, either way, you know, it's like it doesn't. Uh, I don't think I don't think like people that were watching the last ship are were gonna not watch the next season. <laughs> like I think there's probably some, there's probably some that were only watching for her, but. I yeah. To me, I, it doesn't make a difference whether she lives or dies. Whether I'll still watch because I think it, I thought there's a really solid season finale, and like you said, it could definitely could have served as a series finale without that last scene uh, if they had had to, if it hadn't already been picked up for a third season. But I thought they did a really good job of wrapping up everything. Well, I didn't really – I thought the, the way they distributed the cure was kind of like weird, but they did get the fun scene with the uh, with the one guy who gets the kiss from the girl like when she runs up to him who was like the same nerdy guy that was like embarrassed in front of her before for having eaten onions and stuff. So I, they added some humor there. But uh, yeah, I, I – like I w- this was a show that near the beginning of the season I was starting to wane my interest and I was maybe going to quit. I agree. Same here. But by the end, I was I was back and interested again. I'm looking forward to a third season now. If she is dead, that it's one of those things. I can't imagine the show without her on it because she had such an important role. But in some ways, if she died or becomes even incapacitated for a while, that creates a brand new challenge for them because they don't have that scientist anymore. So how are they supposed to, you know, they're out of the cure that they can drop from the sky and, you know, the passing it from person to person is only good for six or seven days or whatever it was. So if she is dead, it's kind of like, okay, well, what do they do now? You know, um, who can manufacture that or who knows how. So that to me would be an interesting challenge for them to face. Though I do really like the computer chick. Like I really liked her and I hope she's back. She's the one from lost, right? Yeah. Danielle's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. The show has always been a little, it's sort of a little on the cheesy side. It's it, it harkens back to, I think the reason I sort of liked it in the beginning and, and continue to watch is because it does harken back to like those 80s action things like the A-Team and stuff like that with the way they do uh, a lot of the action sequences and stuff. But it, it was, you know, it was entertaining. It was, you know, it was 
it was a fun sort of it was like you know the the popcorn movie type of thing like the big just sort of uh, actiony thriller uh, some of the storylines they went with were sort of weird like the immunes thing was interesting but the idea that they had already somehow taken over like all of Europe you know <laughs> in this short period of time and now we're trying to take over the US that bigger scope to it seemed uh, a little weird. Like I could see uh, some of what they were doing, like the, the sort of the cult aspect of it was interesting of, of being naturally immune and, and thinking that that means something, you're, you know, something special. Uh, and then, you know, twisting that into they're the only ones that should be around. Some of that type of stuff was interesting. And, and I sort of liked it, where it went and where it, you know, gave some big action sequences in the end and 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 left everybody in a pretty good spot until you know they come back for that one last bit. It's one of those weird things where that you, you shoot somebody and ultimately they could bring them back or not bring them back. But she was shot like a couple times at such close range that you that you kinda of go, How could unless this guy is like the world's worst shot, how could how could she not be uh, dead, but um, like I said, I don't think that that was necessarily something that was needed. It could have just ended with ended without that. I think that that had they got canceled, they probably would have just left that off and just went with the the sort of the happy ending, which I which I like. I think that shows should do that. They should they should plan out, especially cable shows, since a lot of times they air so far from when they're produced that. You need to. They should be doing. They should be doing season arcs that obviously leave you continue where you can continue to tell stories in this world, but they complete a story and don't leave you with something totally dumb like somebody bleeding out or something like that, and just and just leave it that way, knowing and so that when they don't get another season, then you're left with that type of thing. Uh, so I think that 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 worked out well. I think they they kind of seem to do that. And hopefully they'll do that again in a third season, you know, since uh, there's there's definitely no guarantees with these shows uh, these days, especially on cable where you're never quite sure what. Even if you're renewed. <laughs> what the, well, what the low benchmark is, or even if you're renewed, you might get canceled <laughs> eight months later. Yeah, so that was, that was the last ship. Uh, we all sort of enjoyed it and we'll probably watch a third season when it comes back next summer. And we'll move on to Under the Dome. Yay. (laughs) Season 3, episode 13, The Enemy Within, the series finale, which my series finale was the season 2 premiere. That's when I stopped watching. I want my 39 hours back. (laughs) And so uh, both of you continue to watch uh, just like... Several million others. (laughs) Well, just like you have millions of other people, but also... It was going to get good. It was. <laughs> Some of my podcasting friends that are all are all in in much higher spirits now that they don't have to podcast about this show anymore. So I think I said it before, but uh, congratulations to you, Wayne, Troy, and Mark, on no longer having to talk. Even though I know you guys sort of enjoyed ripping on the show from week to week. But I know you're all sort of actually kind of glad of maybe moving on to something better uh, to talk about in the future. The best thing about the finale is that it was the last moment ever of Under the Dome, and I never have to watch another episode again. 
Although it ended with the alien who suddenly became a woman, a full-grown woman within like a day, finding another <laughs> egg, finding another egg saying, we'll come back another time. I, I, it felt more like a threat to us. Like we're talking to Netflix, <laughs> we're coming back. <laughs> You're going to watch some more of this. Like, <laughs> well, and I actually, I liked the, um, I was, I was actually like, oh, it ended and it was kind of promising. I'm like, this would be really interesting to see how, you know, like Julia and Barbie would like approach this and with Nori. And I was like, oh, I, for like a second, I was like, this would be like, I could see a season four that would be really good. Like I could foresee that. And then I read the interview with the executive producer on what season four would look like. And I'm like, thank God there is not a season four. Cause it's just more of the same. What they wanted to have her start another dome and build a new kid. Basically. Yeah. Basically like season four would have been a new dome would have come, would have fallen over that egg. And I was like, yeah, I don't want anything to do with that. This is a show that should have stuck with its limited series from the beginning, done one solid season instead of getting greedy when they saw the money it was making and decided to stretch it out. Like even the second season was too far. Like, and then third season with aliens and infected people. And even though they finally brought down the dome, it was a very unsatisfying non-ending yeah, and so, like, this thing only took place over four weeks, and then all of a sudden, like, Julie and Barbie are like, we should get married. <laughs> and, like, although I think there was, like, some time gap that we didn't see in between that. But it yeah, just there seemed, was a like, time gap. It just seemed like all of a sudden they were, like, engaged and laughing and riding across the country. And then, of course, Big Jim's got to come back. Like, we got to go, like, stop them. Like, because he found, like, he or he's now, like, a congressman or something. And, like, they have to go and stop this alien lady who, like, they fought over a pit. He, Barbie caught onto a, a chain, pulled himself out. They never saw what happened to the alien woman. I guess they just assumed she's dead because that's what you do in these shows. <laughs> Even though she apparently must have escaped because a year later she's like back forming a new kinship and ready to start a new dome. But they promised like it was actually supposed to be an ending, but I wouldn't call that really an ending. No, I don't know that I'd call that a show. No. <laughs> hey, it's my own fault I kept watching. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've learned to give stuff up, but I haven't learned yet. I just, you know, the summer though, there just wasn't much on. There's so much stuff I didn't like I did not watch much this summer at all. That was like one of the few shows. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just kind of see where it goes. You could have spent this 13 hours, though, like catching up on something good. I know, like a a million Netflix shows that I haven't watched yet. I could have watched those. Yeah, but I usually watched Under the Dome and I was doing other stuff kind of at the same, you know, fiddling around on the Internet or whatever. So, you know, the Under the Dome background to your life. (laughs) Something like that. All right. Well, that's more than enough talk about (laughs) Under the Dome. And we'll move on to the uh, TV recommendation segment. Uh, first up, my recommendation is Agent Carter Season 1, uh, which hits Blu-ray and DVD later this week on Friday, September 18th. Uh, I really enjoyed the first season. 
I think Haley Atwell is great in the role. Uh, I, I like that you get, you know, it's a nice short eight episodes. We're going to get a season two, which I believe is going to be 10 episodes. Uh, so if you didn't get a chance to watch it, you should definitely uh, check this one out. It's a, I think it'd definitely be fun to watch like straight through where you just watch like all eight hours uh, in a row. It'd be, I think it'd be a lot of fun. For some reason, I think it's only I think it's only going to uh, Amazon for some reason. I think it, like the Blu-ray and DVD are like Amazon exclusives. Interesting. Same same with Marvel Agents of Shield season two. For some reason, well, maybe I, that's I don't why they're that coming out on on a, a Friday, Friday instead of a Tuesday yeah. when most stuff usually comes out. Yeah, I didn't look uh, I didn't look deeper into, but I did I did note that it was interesting that they were being released on a Friday, which is not a normal. Uh, release date for for this type of stuff but definitely uh, uh definitely worth checking out and uh how about you carla what is uh well i know tv recommendations a lot of times we do dvds or something to catch up on netflix and i have decided to go with a show that's premiering this week a fall show on another network not cbs uh heroes reborn and the reason i want to recommend that is i know a lot of people you know, season one was awesome. I don't think there's very few people that would probably deny that the rest two, three, four, I can understand people had problems with it and maybe are a little like not sure that they want to get sucked back into the black hole of heroes. I saw the first two episodes or it, well, it's two episodes, but it, they're both airing back to back on Thursday, September 24th on NBC. And I really liked it. I like the direction it's going. Um, the first hour is a little bit slower, but it then picks up the pace a little bit. If you never watched Heroes, you could still watch Heroes Reborn. I think you'd enjoy it. They provide enough um, information about the characters that carried over. But they're in the premiere episode, I think there's only maybe, what, three characters that carry over? All the rest are brand new. And they build the new world that takes place five years after they call them Evos. The evolved people were revealed to the world. So I would recommend Heroes Reborn. Uh, this season could suck. I've only seen <laughs> the first two hours. So I really don't know. But I think I re- if you liked Heroes or you think that it's a show that you would enjoy... I would definitely recommend watching the premiere and giving it a chance. I, I agree with everything you said. I think it's a good premiere and I, it's definitely, you don't have to have seen the, the old show in order to, to enjoy the new one. Yeah. Cause they're mostly introducing you to new, to new characters, you know, that have abilities and, you know, completely new storylines and that has an old character as sort of a through line to what potentially might be, uh, going on at, to drive the the completed the story for the completed season, uh, but I think it was smart that they decided to do two hours because the first hour, while interesting and sort of dips you back into the world, you don't really get what the season arc is going to be until the end, until until the second hour, and so I'm I'm glad I'm glad they ended up doing that because it makes it works a lot better as the two hour. A pilot or you know two hour premiere uh, to get you into 
uh, this new world. Uh, I think it's I think it's probably definitely worth checking out. If I mean I'm somebody that watched. I think I gave up some time in season three of the original. I've never gone back and watched any of the others, but I'm, I like where we started here and I'm going to pick up and watch uh, this because we have a short arc of episodes here and the potential to do here what the original idea of heroes was anyways, which was to tell stories about completely like all new characters each season it was sort of an NBC thing that was like, everybody really likes these characters or whatever. Uh, we want you to keep these characters around. And, and so while they did introduce more characters along the way, they still kept everything around a lot of the, the main characters that they introduced in the first season. And things just got more and more ridiculous uh, as they went along. But I, so I think this has the potential to be what sort of the original idea was. If this sort of works, they could come back, and, you know, introduce a whole new set of characters, you know, with a few here and there that, you know, that maintain the through line that they're all taking place in the same world. But you don't have to have, like, everybody uh, back, like, all the time or something. Like, a lot of the original cast uh, that are going to show up in this are probably only going to be in a handful of episodes at most, except for... HRG? Yeah, except for HRG. It looks, you know, he'll be, he's like the through line for the for the series, but some of the other characters will be uh, showing up here and there uh, going forward. But yeah, that's a that's definitely one to to check out. I think that'll make for, I think ultimately that'll be a good night, you know, on NBC with Heroes, The Blacklist, and The Player. I mean, that's it'll be a pretty solid actiony type of you know Thursday night. Uh, yeah, I would agree, and I'll just say on The Player. That was like Code Black. I was like, yeah, I don't really want to watch it. And then I watched it and loved it. So I think that will be a really good action-packed night. I think those those all sort of fit together. Uh, but uh, we'll talk more about NBC on the next episode of the podcast. And we'll move on to... Oh, did I steal your thunder? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's good. You get lots of different Listen opinions next on different week, stuff. But only if they say they like heroes. <laughs> so how about you, Kyle? What's your recommendation uh so my recommendation is project Greenlight, which after a 10-year hiatus uh just returned to uh hbo last night as of recording this um so basically what it is is it's a uh show that's produced by uh ben affleck and matt damon and they basically pick some aspiring filmmaker to be able to produce a film and like this uh, show documents the entire process from like getting the script, uh, hiring the actors, doing the filming and all the post-production stuff. And I really enjoyed the first three seasons and it sort of like disappeared. And then last year they had the chair, which was by one of the uh, producers of the the original producers of Project Greenlight. And so basically, uh, like in the past, what they've done is uh, they've picked both a writer and a director. And then those two have to try to work together to produce this film. But this year, what they did, they changed it where they already have a script that they that they have. And they brought in the Farrelly brothers to help uh, work the script. And they also brought in the the writer who won the very first year to help fix this script and uh, and produce this movie. But one interesting thing that I, I really found, like in the premiere, like they have one guy who's like 
really solid, can definitely do a comedy movie and loves the script and can work with it. Another guy who is they think he's the best filmmaker, but like in his interview, he's there like I would change this whole script. I would scrap all this stuff. I would change all this stuff. And it's like interesting. Do they go with the safe choice? Do they go with the um, with this guy who's talented, but would be tough to work with? And of course, like. Uh, ben Affleck and Matt Damon are like they're the ones producing the show around the movie so they want like the conflict and the interesting story there with this this tough guy other people are more interested in creating like the Farley brothers want like more of the comedy movie and this other guy that has comedy sense and then you have like the guy from HBO where the movie's gonna land like he's more interested in a good movie that doesn't necessarily have to be commercially valid because they're just gonna be airing it on HBO or whatever so there's all these conflicts so it'll be interesting to see as the weeks go on like how the winner goes about creating the movie, who did they choose, what are the conflicts that they have. So I've really enjoyed the previous seasons. I'm looking forward to seeing how this one uh, plays out, especially where it's such a big gap. Like way back in the first seasons, people had to like mail in VHS tapes and things. So things have changed dramatically since <laughs> uh, since the 10 years ago or 14 years ago in the first season. Yeah, you can film something and edit it on your iPhone and then just <laughs> email it in. Yeah. All right. That's, uh, that's our recommendations for this week. Uh, you can find links uh, to those as well as the news stories we talked about uh, in the show notes uh, where you can also find links to where you can find Carla and Kyle online. Uh, those are all will be in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 290. Uh, and next week, which will be our seventh anniversary uh, episode, uh, Amory and Ray will be back with me and we'll be, as I mentioned previously, talking about uh, NBC and their new shows, uh, as well as answering any of your questions or reading your feedback uh, that you send in uh, to feedback at tvtimes3.com or Twitter at tvtimes3 or as I've mentioned before, uh, leave a voicemail uh, on the website if you get those in by, what would it be? Uh, we're recording on uh, the 21st, so if you're going to send something in, send it in by the 20th, otherwise it's not going to make it in. With that, that'll do it for episode 290. Thank you again, Carla and Kyle, for, for joining me on this episode. Talk a little CBS. Thanks for having Thanks me. Thanks for having me. I'm back. Well, at least you, at least you finished a sentence. <laughs> well, I I knew I stopped talking because I heard Jason like trailing out, so I knew it was going to cut off any second. Uh, it seems to stay up for like five minutes. I don't know what's going on, but uh, <laughs> no, that that's what she said, Jason. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, no, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, you derailed oh. yourself, man. That's sad. Oh, yeah.